is, it's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler. It is so hard for me to sit back here in this studio looking at TJ hollering my name when last year I spent more money I won gambling on spilled liquor in casino bars from one side of this continent to the other than you made, TJ. You're talking to the Lambo watch wearing, diamond ring wearing, wheeling, dealing, fast car driving, helicopter flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! <laughs> I'm your host and the inventor of Casino Combat, TRG. This is episode 65 of our Casino Combat podcast. I have been waiting for a reason to do that intro, that uh, tribute, if you will. I have a reason, and you will hear about it in the travel segment later in this episode. Let's do the important stuff, and then we will get started with episode 65. Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary persons, all the members of the Laser Ninja Dragon League, this podcast discusses casinos and gambling do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose do not gamble with money you need to pay your bills my past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results including my own if you have a gambling problem contact your local problem gambling hotline if you do not know your problem gambling hotline number send an email to help at casinocombat.com we will find that number for you and make it available to you everything discussed in this podcast is based in facts names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty minor items unrelated outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity Brevity and clarity. All right. As I said, this is episode 65. If this is your first time or your next time, thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. I really do. Apologize, apologies in advance. If you're new, often I try to get you up to speed at the beginning of the podcast a little bit, give you some kind of sense of what we're doing. But from a time point of view, we are jam-packed this week. And I'm going to kind of ask you to try to sort things out on your own as we go along. If this is your first time and you get to the end and wonder what the heck this is all about, shoot me an email via trg at casinocombat.com, spell combat with a K. I will be more than happy to get you up to speed. Okay, let's do the battle plan first this week. We are going to keep this really, really, really simple. Just the basics. I have a couple of items from around the Casino Combat Galaxy to talk to you about. And then we're going to do a travel segment and get us caught up with all the things that have been going on in the month of September so far. Hopefully that allows me to get back on schedule producing one episode roughly every week of real time. In that segment, along with the normal observations and results for the gambling we've been doing, I will explain the reason for that intro as I relive a very difficult bit of casino gambling I was forced to endure. It will probably be a longer travel segment, but it should be fun. I met a number of interesting gamblers the past couple of weeks, and that's what I'm going to focus on. Well, besides the trauma, that's what I'm going to try to focus on. So I guess trauma and drama is the theme of our travel segment today. After that, we have a very special, a very, very special Casino Combat Virtual VIP Lounge segment for you. Inner Circle member Gator Gambler, fifth to the ring, sent me a note last week asking me to give him a call so he could tell me about a recent trip he made to Las Vegas. I thought that sounded fun and figured, why not share the conversation with all of you? We will have that conversation slash interview in the Virtual VIP Lounge today. It was a lot of fun. But even with some technical difficulties and some editing, it went a bit longer than a normal virtual VIP lounge segment. So we will skip some of our normal segments today to keep this episode from going too long. While I did not hear from Guardian and the Jet this past week, I do have both good and bad information to share with you, compliments of the Casino Combat Galaxy. Let's do the good information first. Inner Circle member, East Coast Emissary, fourth to the ring. Spent some time at Ocean's Casino in Atlantic City recently, evaluating the newest wagering system that I taught over the past few episodes. Wagering, TRG Wagering System 2, always be grinding. ECE Reports was at AC 
Ocean's Casino for two nights and tried the new system. I'm not 100% certain I was following it perfectly as I hadn't had the chance to practice much before the already scheduled trip. I was learning it as I was playing, but nevertheless, I gave it a go. On Sunday, the cards weren't going my way and I exited it with losses on three buy-ins. The interesting thing was that on Monday, if I earned six comp dollars by 8 p.m., they'd give me a gift of two bottles of wine. And side note, ECE is a wine aficionado, a vinophile. I don't know if that's right or not. I, uh, I enjoy a glass of wine from time to time, but I am by no means an expert. Anyway, oh, you know, back, back to ECE's notes. Mrs. ECE said that I'd never get to that dollar amount because it's too hard to get those comp dollars. Using Always Be Grinding, after an early comp dinner, I had a nice long grinding session. I reached an exit at 7.45, checked my balance at the kiosk, and lo and behold, I had earned enough for the two bottles of wine. So I recovered my previous losses, and then some, and was able to get the wine despite the Mrs. naysaying me. My verdict on the new system, this is ECE's verdict on the new system, a great weapon in the casino combat arsenal. It limits losses, earns you casino points, and let your, lets your win streaks run. Thank you for introducing it. Okay, that is excellent. I always enjoy hearing... People have success recreating what I teach. I was worried about teaching this one, and it turns out with good reason. I I should have been worried. Because I also heard from Inner Circle member Keeper of Wisdom, third to the ring, a tremendous longtime listener who always triple checks my work, and I always appreciate it. He confirms that my teaching was less than perfect. Here's what he let me know, and as I said, I appreciate it. I appreciate it so much because I can use this information to let all of you know I made mistakes turning two computers and some chips into a script to teach the wagering system. Here's what KOW, Keeper of Wisdom, provided that I'm glad I get to share. And he says, I was re-listening to episode 62 with some poker chips to try and learn the wagering system. On hand eight, you did not add your extra $10 for the double and the count for the play stack was off. It and really made it hard to follow because it didn't match what I was doing until I realized that mistake. I think there was also a payout issue on hand 11 that made the win stack incorrect. In episode 63, there is a payout mistake on hand 8, which also made the win stack incorrect. Okay, I apologize for those. I sincerely apologize, and we are all very fortunate that Keeper of Wisdom took the time to work through things and and point those out to me. I should have kept the examples to less than eight hands, I guess. That's where <laughs> that, that's where things went south both times. Obviously, I'd like everything to be presented perfectly. That's my goal. That's what we try to do, and we fell a bit short there. If you've struggled to work through things using my examples, hopefully Keeper of Wisdom's notes and adjustments are helpful. I really appreciate him taking the time, as I said, to find that and to let us all know about it. On my end, we are working on sorting out a way to provide a video demonstration of the system on our YouTube channel, and hopefully that will be helpful when we can get that figured out and get that edited and done. Quickly, since I mentioned the YouTube channel, the links to our YouTube channel, which includes an excellent playlist called Boot Camp, camp spelled with a K, of course, the the Boot Camp playlist is there, and this playlist teaches all of the core concepts in short 10 to 15 minute segments, and it's at the t- and the link to that is at the top of the CasinoCombat.com website to our YouTube channel, and from there to the playlist. And along with that, on that same location, we have links to Instagram and Twitter, where I am at Gambler Ramblin'. There's also a link there to our Facebook page. 
If you want to find us or follow us on these social media platforms, I encourage you to start there. If you just happen by us on any of those platforms and have likes, subscribes, shares, stars, reviews, or any of those other online things that you could spare, we are very grateful to the, for those. We really are. And it's been growing and we appreciate it. Our squad is getting more and more interactive on these platforms, uh, both myself, uh, Billy with the great last name, and, uh, and of course, um, our listeners. The uh, TRG Mobile recently made an appearance on our Instagram account at ECE's request. I try to send Billy with the great last name interesting gambling-related items to post on our Facebook page as well. So we're, we're trying to put stuff out there that we think is interesting. We're also putting things out there by request. We, I encourage you to stop by, check us out. Uh, and as I said, if you've got any, any spare things uh, that you can do in the online space to help us get noticed, those are always appreciated. So big thank you to our Inner Circle members for contributing their feedback on the wagering system. T-Rex, let's spin the wheels and get the episode started with a travel segment. As I said a few minutes ago, I'm going to use this episode to get caught up on the first couple of weeks of travel and gambling in September. Hopefully I can get back to an episode a week going forward. I've got a couple of interesting stories to tell you. I met some really interesting people, so let's dive right in. Let's get started. I started September with back-to-back visits to my local casino. On the first visit, I picked up a gift card for a local grocery store as well as a free bet and a parking comp. I got to hang out with Gabriel a little bit, played two different winning blackjack tables and a winning slot machine. But truth be told, we had a couple of bourbons and I did a a bit of gambling for education at the craps table, wiping out the blackjack and slot machine win. I made a second quick stop the following day for another free bet, free slot play, and a parking comp. We were leaving for the long Labor Day holiday weekend the following day, so my primary purpose of this trip to my local casino was to pick up a third tier appreciation gift. This would be kind of similar like if uh, if I was Diamond at Caesars and and they were giving a, a Diamond appreciation gift away. Same kind of idea. Late last year, you may or may not recall, I used a combination of craps and tier credit multiplier day to power level in one month up to tier three in this reward system. And part of the reason I did that, other than just seeing if I could do it, was because historically, the monthly appreciation gifts at this property are nice, they're valuable, and they're useful. Watches, air fryers, that kind of thing. Well, they put one over on me this month. They really did. They tricked me. They got me. I didn't check the details on what the appreciation gift was going to be, just noted the correct day on my casino calendar, along with the fact that I would have both free slot play and a nice free bet that same day so I could hit I could hit three things all at the same time much to my surprise instead of a nice gift my local casino appreciated tier three guests to the tune of five dollars in free slot play what an insult you appreciate me as a customer as much as I tip the person who parks my car and then I tip the guy who brings the car the same amount seriously this casino needs to understand that this isn't appreciation it's an insult I played my free slot play using TRG slot strategy one and took the free money I bet my free bet on black at a roulette table and won. I stopped to say hi to Gabriel as he gambled at a craps table. He suggested I join him at an open spot beside him and I declined and told him that any brand that thought $5 in free slot play was a sign of appreciating a customer wasn't getting any action from me for the day. I would have plenty of opportunity to gamble at a competitor of theirs all weekend. But was I wrong on that one? I mean, not wrong about skipping the gambling given my weekend plans, but wrong about how my weekend was going to go. Let me fill you in on that and fill you 
you in perhaps in a, in a bit of detail. Since Mrs. TRG didn't have to teach on Monday, due to the Labor Day holiday, we made the drive south and west five and a half hours to the Caesars Entertainment property with the great room service for a two-night stay. The first night was only partially comped, but the second night was fully comped, as were the resort fees for both nights, since I'm at Caesars third tier. We both had free bets both days, as well as a food comp. We did a little happy hour in our room and went downstairs for some blackjack. The casino was packed because they were running uh, a, a version of A Price is Right show in the ballroom at 8 o'clock that night, which was going to finish up with a car being given away to one of the people attending the show. It was kind of a full-blown Price is Right, you know, with challenges and, and guessing prices and little prizes along the way and then a showdown at the end. At our first blackjack table, we chatted a bit with a younger poker player, just killing time waiting for the show to start. And that's why he wasn't playing poker. He was hoping to be selected to play the Price is Right and win some prizes at the show. At one point, Mrs. TRG and I were dealt matching hands of a jack and a four against a dealer's up card of seven. Things didn't look good for Mrs. TRG when her first card was a two for a total of 16, but her next card was a three for a total of 19. Not bad. Imagine our surprise when I also received a two followed by a three for a total of 19 as well. We both won our hands and at the end of the shoe decided to take our modest wins and head up to the room for some room service for dinner. I really wonder what the odds of receiving identical hands side by side in a shoe of six decks is. My math certainly isn't good enough to figure that out, but it was kind of ironic the way it happened and our trip was off to a good start with, with winning some money at our first table. When we returned to the casino, the gambling didn't go as well. We both got smacked pretty good at a blackjack table. I took a bit of a loss on a slot machine, but Mrs. TRG won just a little. Our next two blackjack tables should have been great. It was just us and the dealer, but we both quickly took additional losses. We ended up at a table with two very low skill players who were waiting for the Price is Right show to start. They mentioned that they had not been gambling in years and were really at the casino for the show. The lack of experience showed in their play, but we won a few dollars and wrapped things up. We played one more quick losing table with a gentleman who kept getting all kinds of great hands to double and split, which he ignored, just hitting them instead. I mentioned that he was getting great hands while we were struggling, and he ignored me. The casino was very full and very busy at this point with no good table choices available and having lost more than we had won we decided to go have a drink at the bar and let the crowd thin when the show started please note that so far we had talked to a poker player briefly at one table played alone at a couple of tables learned that a couple going to the show had not gambled in a while and made a comment about great hands which was ignored by another player not a lot of interactions there that will be meaningful i think in just a moment we met a great guy at the bar a really fun guy he had just turned 200 into $2,000 at the poker tables and was celebrating his win. He had a variety of stories to share about his involvement in the late 80s with hip-hop and professional wrestling. Truth be told, he bought us drinks, we bought him drinks. What we had intended to be one drink turned into many drinks and great stories and a really fun evening. Things we always enjoy in casino bars, but having had more drinks than we should have and knowing that when the show finished up, the place would be crazy from a casino and gambling point of view, we decided to play one last slot machine each and called a night knowing that we would have plenty of time the following day in a mostly empty Sunday afternoon casino to catch up on what we had lost during the evening. We were stunned and baffled when security showed up as soon as I put my card in the machine to tell me I had been banned from the casino for threatening other guests and a pit boss. I tried to ask how I could be banned without verbal notice. I was told I had to leave. 
I tried to ask which table I was at when I was banned. I was told I had to leave. At that point, I decided Casino Wisdom number six was my best choice. Well under the influence and with a wife growing very angry, I decided to remain calm and the next morning I'd look for a casino solution. They escorted me to the cage so I could cash my chips. And as I was doing that, Mrs. TRG continued to try to get an explanation. She said we had been together all night and that we had barely talked to any other guests and that we hadn't talked to a single pit boss all night. She asked to have the cameras reviewed. Of course, security refused and then said that stupid thing that security always says in situations like this. As I finished at the cage and we started for the exit, they looked at my wife and said, you didn't do anything wrong. You're welcome to stay and gamble. My wife, of course, refused saying, why would I stay where my husband isn't welcome when you will not provide any evidence of your accusation, an accusation that we believe is completely false. She was really angry at this point as we returned to the room. We talked through each table we had played at and each conversation we'd been in trying to think of anything that could have been considered a threat or think of any conversation with a pit boss. We couldn't think of anything that made this make any sense. Our only idea was that two people had quickly taken our seats at the last table as we were leaving. Maybe our cards didn't get taken out of the computer and this was a case of mistaken identity. I was convinced that in the cold light of day, a casino solution to this problem would be found. The next morning, fairly early, I went to the security desk at the entrance to the casino and asked to speak to a casino host. When asked why, I explained what we had been told the night before and asked to have the security footage reviewed as I was certain I had not threatened anyone. A host didn't show up, but TJ, the table game's security manager, I guess, did. I explained our evening, showing him the notes in my app, documenting each table we had played, along with the date and time stamp when we exited each table. I asked why I wasn't informed of the ban at the table where the ban occurred. He didn't know. I asked to have the security footage reviewed to confirm that the guest who was banned was an older man wearing a black vest and ivory colored ostrich skin boots. He said that couldn't be done. I asked him what time I had been banned and asked him to compare that information to when we opened and closed our bar tab to confirm that the ban had not happened while we were sitting at the bar. He said he didn't know and couldn't find out, repeating that all he knew was the security log had my player's number in it and that I needed to leave. So I got nowhere. I didn't seem to have any options. I wasn't going to spend time sitting in a hotel room, comped or not, at this point and waste my time. So we left. We packed the room, scraped the dirt off our boots, and packed the car and got out. We called a My Choice property on the route home to see if we could spend the night there, but understandably, on a Sunday of a holiday weekend, they were fully booked. We briefly considered driving two hours north to another Caesars property without a hotel where we had free gifts and bets waiting, but with no hotel and no information on what gifts they were giving away, we decided it, it was just gonna, we were just gonna head home. We just weren't gonna add length to our drive home, try to find another place to stay on the basis of gift. Now that gift could have been something nice, but it also could have been nylon dry, drawstring bags worth $5 that we neither need nor want. We just took it for what it was and headed home. Once we were home, our National Caesars Entertainment host was able to confirm that no nationwide ban had been entered for other Caesars properties and that was one of my concerns. I don't like an unfair stain on my relationship anywhere. I don't like being accused of something my wife and I are both certain I didn't do and as much as we both love that property it's a long drive past five other casino brands to get there. 
I can live, I can, I can accept just not going back. I won't, even if the ban is lifted, or was only for 24 hours, as Mrs. TRG was told at one point. But I'm not going back unless an apology and compensation is provided. But a nationwide ban would have been a real problem. Fortunately, that isn't something I need to worry about or deal with. And just to make things work, just that last little dig, I was called by a host there last week wanting to make sure that I knew I had been paid incorrectly on a bet during our visit in June and they had $100 waiting for me at the cage. They wanted me to schedule a visit. They wanted me to come down and get it. And this was all news to me. And it makes sense. It happened in June, and I had no reason to cash my chips the first night of our stay. I was just holding the chips to use them the next day or cash them the next day. So there was no reason for them to see my ID and know that I had had money there. I hadn't interacted with a pit boss who was the person who would normally see in the computer that I had money in the cage. So I had no way of knowing. So when I get this phone call, I said, well, please email it to me. Security banned me from the casino, so I can't get my money, even if I was willing to come back to your casino, which I am not. He said they couldn't mail a check. That prompted an entire discussion about what had happened. The host didn't know anything about it, and that's obvious and understandable. And he said he would look into it and someone would get back to me. And no one has, and I'm not surprised. Um, this stayed Caesars, but is no longer owned by Caesars. It stayed Caesars Reward, but it got sold as part of uh, the requirements for SEC approval for by the state of Indiana for the El Dorado merger. So I'm not surprised. I'm being a bit patient. I have a lot of other things going on right now, as evidenced by the fact that we've got to cover multiple weeks in the podcast and I'm behind. What I did tell him was that I was fine with never coming back to his casino again, but if they had $100 that they knew was mine, and they were refusing to mail the check, that I'd file a complaint with State Gambling Commission. I'm going to be patient another few days, and then I'll get that process started. I'm not going to tolerate them holding my money, refusing to send it. Honestly, an apology, and knowing I've got $100 there, I'd make a solo trip down. I'd stop at some other places along the way. I'd make it into a trip to pick up the $100. It'd be a good excuse, but without an apology, and an apology beyond we're sorry, but also some type of of compensation, I just don't care enough. I'll just raise hell with the uh, with the gaming commission and try to find another way to resolve this. There's no reason they can't put a check in the mail. If I sent them a winning bet slip for a slot machine or the sports book, they'd be obligated by law to send me my winnings in the mail. So we'll see how that goes. I'll keep you posted. You know I will. So since we are back home and in town a day early, I put Casino Wisdom 81 to good use. ABC, always be casinoing. You see, this month, instead of giving away gifts on Monday, my local casino is giving away gift cards. But the mailer that they sent didn't indicate a gift card to which store or how much the gift cards were for. Since I was unexpectedly home on a Monday, I decided to find out those details so that I would know if this was a promotion I should plan around for the rest of the month. That's another casino wisdom plan around your promotions. The gift cards were for $5 at a national big box store, something that I'd be happy to pick up if I had to visit a client a couple of blocks away from the casino, but not something worth worrying about. So that's good to know. It was a good use of time since my plans had changed. I played a winning slot machine, playing my played my free bet on roulette, 
on black because I'm not risking any real money on a property that thinks $5 is worth my time. I appreciated the parking comp. It made it something I was willing and able to do. It wasn't a very good holiday weekend thanks to Caesars Entertainment and a stingy local casino brand. Later in the week, after doing some work, I made a, a great stop at the horse track with a slot parlor here in town that's part of the same local brand. I received free slot play that turned into free money. I received a gift card to a local grocery store as well as some cookware that my oldest son will use at one of his Airbnb. So I saved him some money on stuff he needed to buy anyway. And the casino comped me lunch. Well worth driving two stoplights off my route for gift card, gift, free slot play, and a free lunch. Stuff that we as a family would have had to buy some of anyway. The lunch and, and, the, uh, and the cookware. And we go to that grocery store all the time anyway, so money for that grocery store. Later in the week, I went two and a half hours south and east to my home casino, which is Casino 2. They comped my room for the evening, even though my mailer didn't indicate a comp was available. I had a free bet. I comped myself dinner with free tax-free imaginary money. And they were doing a 10 times multiplier on all the free tax-free imaginary money that I would earn during that visit. And if that sounds like a minor comp, it, it really isn't. At least it's not to me. In my opinion, those are promotions worth planning around. They're not only going to give me imaginary money, but if they're going to give me an imaginary $6, now they're going to give me an imaginary $60. That's nice. That That's real value. I had a long evening, evening of gambling, a variety of winning and losing tables and machines. I'm not going to bore you with running down each of those, but I did meet some interesting people. First up was Freddy Focus. He joined a $25 blackjack table with a $1,400 buy-in and began to make aggressive wagers between $200 and $500. He was silent, refusing any attempts at conversation by either the dealer or other players. His eyes never left his cards. I would have suspected card counting, but his bet range didn't indicate that. He entered the table in the middle of a shoe with a very large bet, which for a card counter would be called Wonging, W-O-N-G-I-N-G, named after a famous card counter and author named Wong, Wonging In. But he wasn't standing behind us with an opportunity to count the shoe as it went. So I decided that he wasn't wonging in. I decided he wasn't probably a card counter. He caught a run of good hands, which included a winning double, sevens split three times and doubled once that he won all of, and a $500 hand that was a blackjack. At the end of the shoe, he colored up $4,000, four orange chips, and still had $1,400 in chips, his original buy-in, in front of him. Good technique. Get the profit off the table and see what comes next. Over the course of the next shoe, he lost steadily and his bets continued to get smaller and smaller. Freddy Focus eventually made and lost three $25 bets all at the same time before leaving the table. And those are the three bets that I would not have made at that point, even understanding what he had been trying to do earlier. When I got down, if I've been making bets in the 100 to 200 to $500 range, hundreds of dollars at a time, at the point where all I've got left is $75, I'm just done. I'm just walking away. I'm certainly not spreading that those three bets out over three different circles or spreading that $75 out as three $25 bets on three different circles. I'm just walking. But that said, Freddy Focus was a very smart gambler, at least in the short time I observed him. He bet more aggressively than I, than I would have given his buy-in amount. But when it paid off, he took a nice profit off the table and continued to gamble until his original buy-in was gone, leave, quickly leaving the table and the building 
with a profit of $2,600. The other interesting person I met that evening was Digital Gambling Dan. He had an interesting strategy to share. It seems that in the state my home casino is in, online gambling is now legal. Digital Gambling Dan enjoys gambling for the sake of gambling. So when he's sitting around watching sports at home, he plays 50 cent blackjack with a very aggressive martingale approach, doubling after each loss since the starting bet is so small. Sometimes he loses 10 or $20 in an evening of gambling from home but other times he wins a few hundred dollars. Now this money has to be collected. The money gambling gambled online in an app has to be collected in person at the casino. But he's fine with that. If he is winning, he gambles until he has won enough for a blackjack buy-in and then goes to the casino the next day to gamble the one money he won in the app for higher stakes in the casino. I really like this strategy. If or when it's available to me, I might just give it a try. I can see it making sense. At least it's interesting and it's low stakes. I finished the second week of September gambling locally, picking up a set of wireless earbuds, more free bets, more cookware, more punk parking comps. Again, I'm going to focus on interesting personalities rather than go through every visit and table. I'll give you a total at the end of this segment for the whole two-week period. I spent one afternoon with Gabriel at my local casino. I ran into Proud Papa while picking up a gift card. I congratulated him on his son just being announced as a contestant in a celebrity dancing show. He said, wow, you really pay attention. And I said that yes, I'd been a fan of his sons for years since he's from the local area. And now that Proud Papa and I had become friends, I always look for things that his son is in and doing. He shared a spoiler. His son's reality TV show with his wife has been renewed for a third season. Proud Papa was going to be in an episode and he was going to be unhappy that his son was selected for the dancing show instead of himself, Proud Papa, being selected. I congratulated him again and told him that I would look for his episode. That also tells us all we need to know about how unscripted reality television really is. Proud Papa already knows when the episode is to be filmed and what the episode is going to be about. When I met up with Gabriel, I asked him why he was playing crapsless craps, as that isn't a game I usually see him play. He pointed out another guest in long blonde braids and told me he had played with her the day before and didn't want to deal with her noise and drinking and drama. And I said, noise, drinking, and drama? That sounds like content to me. I think I'll check this out. So a bit later, I found a spot at the craps table beside level 38, as I'm going to call her, because she certainly was next level. We got along great and I was winning some money so I got to know her a little bit. She owns several hair salons in the area as well as a school of cosmetology. In fact, without knowing that we were friends, she pointed out Gabriel across the pit at another table and told me that Gabriel had recently gotten his hair cut at one of her salons. She knew exactly who had cut his hair and how or so she said. I'll confess, I didn't believe her at the time. I thought she was confusing Gabriel with someone else. I planned on having a good laugh with him about it until he stopped at our table for a minute and she told him the same thing and he confirmed the detail. She was clearly a very smart lady to remember one customer from one salon getting a haircut weeks ago and to remember it in detail. Her craps play was a little rough around the edges. She was loud. She was drinking. Some other older players didn't like her volume or her mistakes. In other words, she was like a lot of other casino guests. As we played and waited for our turn to shoot, she said she'd been gambling a good deal recently and that she had won a lot of money over the past few days and the casino was giving her a hard time. She claimed that she spent 30 minutes being lectured by three, four people before she'd been allowed to gamble that day and that she had been told 
how she had to handle the dice and what she could or couldn't do at the craps table. I didn't see the lecture happen. She was already at the craps tables when I arrived. And again, it sounded far-fetched. From my point of view, she wasn't gambling enough to win the amounts she claimed to have won or amounts that would prompt a lecture before she'd be allowed to play. Actually, eventually the dice came to her and yes, she was annoying, often bouncing the dice several times off the table before throwing them, bouncing them just as I've seen other guests do on a variety of occasions without it being a big deal. Yes, she was so loud the entire pit could hear her. Also, just like other guests I've observed on a variety of occasions. As she continued to throw and make money for the table, additional pit bosses started to gather around. They started to watch her. She started to get nervous. I started to get nervous for her and on her behalf. She made a point of saying that she was doing all the things they told her she had to do. Only the bouncing the dice three times or less. Not talking instead of throwing, etc., etc. She had a long list of things she was pointing out to them that she was avoiding because they had told her to. Her story started to seem more believable. Her story about the 30-minute lecture was now a tremendous amount more believable. Additional pit bosses continued to show up. Eventually, the pit boss running the table was replaced by an executive who normally just walks the casino floor outside the pit. At this point, level 38 is very nervous. And yes, some people left the table rather than deal with her, but those of us that stayed were making nice money gambling with her. Finally, the executive who had took over the function of the table said to her, this is your last throw. You will pass the dice after this throw. You can't throw anymore, but you can continue to gamble. She was confused and a bit drunk. She asked for an explanation. Others at the table got angry, saying the house couldn't do that to her. And the executive said, yes, they could, and they had. It was done. This was her last throw. They were going to pass the dice to me to finish her roll. As a side note, had that happened, I would have refused. And I would have suggested that everyone else at the table refused just to see how the house would resolve a set of pass, don't pass, contract bets with no one willing to throw the dice except the person who originally established the point. Of course, inevitably, with all of this going on, with all of this heat brought down on top of her, with all this attention brought down on her, she threw and threw a seven, and we all lost all of our bets. Her friends at the table got angry. I decided Casino Wisdom 67 applied, and I wasn't going to gamble anymore in an emotionally negative situation. I would have been throwing next, but I colored up my profits and left the table. I went to the bar for a drink and to check my email and my message. As I was sitting at the bar, a pit boss came over and asked if I left the table because of her. And I told him flat out that no, I left the table because of all of them. I told him that they had harassed her for doing things I had seen plenty of other players do. I told them that from my point of view, they brought so much heat and abuse down on this poor woman that they had created a situation where she threw a seven in the process. They had cost me a lot of money. So no, I told him I didn't leave because of her. I'd gamble with her again anytime, but I'm leaving for the day because I how all of them had treated another guest. He seemed a bit surprised. I don't think the answer I gave him was the answer he expected. On our mutual drives home, Gabriel and I talked about it on the phone. He said she was disruptive and polarizing and he didn't want to play where she was. And I understood, but said that he and I had also been considered polarizing at various times. I reminded him that he threw glasses without it being an issue and that I got lectured on what I could and could not say to other guests and even kicked out of the VIP lounge for an evening at one point. 
My whole point to him was that if either of us of us had been lectured by three people in suits for 30 minutes before we were allowed to gamble and then treated as she was while gambling, we would have been angry too. And in my opinion, justifiably so. We both agree that whatever has happened in the past, she has, she being level 38, has a target on her back right now. And I understand other guests not wanting to gamble with her. Despite what I told the pit boss, I don't know how I feel about that for myself. I don't know if I would again or not. But what I witnessed was very unfair to her based on what I saw on that day. As part of our session, I did give her my business card. She sounded like maybe she would listen to the podcast. Level 38, if you're listening, obviously you know who you are and you know who I am. The thing I thought about after we parted company is that if this was me, if I had been treated the way you had been treated, I would go to the state's gambling commission website and I would fill out a detailed complaint explaining how you'd been treated because they will force the casino to respond to your complaint. And I don't know if that will do any good or not. I don't know if that will turn things down on you. I have no idea how that will be resolved, but I would not take it sitting down. I would file a complaint and I would make them respond. All right, that gets us caught up with the calendar. A month that started with me getting banned ended up with level 38 getting kind of banned as well. Other than my holiday being cut short, it was a fun couple of weeks in which I met a lot of interesting characters. It was a lot of fun. It was also a losing couple of weeks. It was fun despite the losing, but it was a losing couple of weeks. I have to wonder if we'd been allowed to continue our holiday, if we could have had a better second day of gambling on our on our holiday vacation rather than start the month in a big hole. I'll never know. But over the first part of the month, we are down roughly five days pay. Money that I put in the safe last month and some months previous had to come out of the safe to continue the process. We're still in good shape for the life of the podcast, but this is going to be a tough hole to dig out of for the month. A big portion of what was lost the first day of gambling this month has to be made up. Hopefully we will have a good run to finish out the month. And you know I'll tell you about that either way. The Virtual VIP Lounge is next with the first ever interview with a member of the inner circle of Casino Combat. A little bit of the bubbly. Welcome to the Casino Combat Virtual VIP Lounge, the most must-listen-to segment of podcasting any week, anywhere. Our Virtual VIP Lounge has the virtual best of virtually anything. No sips for me today, as this segment was recorded a day or two ago. But I encourage you to pour something for yourself. One of my favorite things to do in a casino is to sit with friends in the VIP lounge and hear about their gambling trips to Las Vegas or Atlantic City or wherever they might have gone. That is what we are going to do today. Inner Circle member Gator Gambler just got back from Las Vegas and he and I spent some time talking about his trip. It was my first time using new tech, so this is a bit rough around the edges, but I hope you enjoy it. All right, everybody. This is great. This is pretty amazing. I'm pretty psyched up about this. Um, Anchor.fm gave me some new, uh, some new tools, some new tricks, some new things I can do. One of them lets me have people actually join me in the virtual VIP lounge. And uh, we have with us today Gator Gambler, a member of the inner circle. He's just back from a trip to Las Vegas. He sent me a note and said he wanted to tell me about his trip. And I thought, what a perfect time to use this tech. What a perfect time to try this out. Get an inner circle member in the podcast, in the virtual VIP lounge with us. And so I have here with us today, Gator Gambler, G2. Thank you for joining me. So glad that you were willing to take some time and tell all of us about your trip to Las Vegas. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And I'm excited to be on. Cool. That was really nice of you to take the time. Um, so four full nights, did you did you do all four nights at one place or did you divide that up amongst a couple places? Any things like that? Yeah, so we, we stayed at the same place. Um, we stayed at the MGM Grand, uh, which was my actual first time staying there. Um, I didn't particularly care for it. Uh, I'm not a fan of very smoky places. And uh, unfortunately, their ventilation didn't seem to be the best. Um, as well as our room was a little outdated. We weren't in one of the newer um, redone towers or floors, I guess I was told. Yeah, got so, it. Yeah, I'm not a fan of taking a shower in my bathtub. And <laughs> that's that's kind of what we were faced with. So, well, you got to you got to try them once to find out. Are you are you pretty loyal to the to the MGM brand or is that just where you got the best deal? Uh, I am not loyal to the MGM brand. Um, so. I've been for probably the last five or six years uh, when I go to Vegas, I actually have been staying at a property that uh, there's only one property in Vegas. Um, It's its own brand and it was bought by a company that has another casino out in Reno. Um, It actually used to be called the SLS and it was rebranded as the Sahara. Right. Um, Right. Yeah. Very so. Yeah, that's that's where I usually stay. And uh, the last couple trips, I actually tried uh, some new properties. Um, we usually go out uh, a few times as a group. So in September, uh, we have a few group members whose birthdays are in September, and then we go out for March Madness. Um, and this past March, we actually stayed at Circa. Uh, down in Fremont. And that was an amazing property. I liked it a lot. Uh, The only downside to it was I prefer to play double deck blackjack. And the only double deck tables they had were in the high limit uh, room and they were $200 minimum. Yep. So I don't want to be forced to play at a $200 minimum table. Um, And I found myself walking across the street to their sister property, um, Golden Gate which they had a $50 minimum in their high limit little section, but there were like four people there and I don't like playing double deck with more than two people. So. Got it. Did you, did you try the D? I did. We walked down to the D. Um, I actually like the D. We go to the steakhouse at the D usually every time we're there. It's a really good uh, Italian steakhouse. Um, And they usually give me a food comp just from my play there. So the D was very similar. They only had, uh, they had two, uh, one double deck open in the high limit. Minimum was 50, which I don't mind at all. And um, played for a little bit, just couldn't get anything going. So decided to walk back to Circa. Got it, got it. Um, So going from SLS slash Sahara on the strip, 
to MGM Grand on the Strip, you're going from a very, very kind of tiny, physically old school property to, I don't know with resorts now, but historically one of the biggest sets of total number of hotel rooms in the world all under one property. Was that kind of a, a shock to you dealing with how much bigger and farther away everything was? you know, your room to the pool or your room to the restaurant, or was that not a big deal for your group? It wasn't a huge deal for our group. Um, We actually, I made my way and played mostly over at Park MGM. Uh, So we kind of, we, I have one guy in my group that likes to basically hit a bunch of different places. Like he has this system where if he sits down at a table and he wins three hands in a row, he gets up and he's ready to go somewhere else. And that's just not my style. Um, But I tried to be more a part of our group this time. Um, But we did make our way over to park MGM. Um, And I guess that's the old Monte Carlo. Uh, Right. Right. And it was actually very nice. It was non-smoking the whole property. Um, I actually played in the high limit, which they call their nomad casino. I guess they, they have, Oh, okay. Yeah. They have a boutique hotel called the nomad hotel that has, I guess, one of the towers, they have a bar, they have a restaurant and the, the high limit lounge, I guess is called the nomad casino. And, um, it was actually, that's where I will stay. I told, told the host that I was connected with. Um, that's where I want to stay moving forward. I loved it over there. They always had, I mean, the double deck blackjack table was minimum hundred bucks, which, you know, I don't, I don't mind. Um, but it was open 24 hours a day, which on some of the properties at MGM grand on a Wednesday morning at 10 AM, their high limit double deck blackjack was $300 minimum. Or if I go back to like where I stayed at the Sahara, they generally didn't have a double deck table open out in the main floor or they didn't have one open in the high limit until usually noontime. So I like the fact that I could, you know, find a double deck. Um, I actually prefer to play solo against a dealer. Um, So I was able to do that a lot in the high limit uh, room there. Then feel free to, I guess, two thoughts. A, as soon as you said smoke issues at MGM, uh, Park MGM was the first thing I thought of because I knew yeah. that they'd, they'd gone smoke free. Um, I didn't realize I knew that they had the separate uh, hotel tower, but I didn't realize that they, their high limit room was considered the Nomad Casino. So that's all like really useful, interesting information for me. And then having said that, feel free to just say you're going to pass on this question. But is is the the preference for double deck and then the preference for playing alone because you're an advantage player? Uh, no. Oh, okay. No. So I, yeah, I I've tried to learn uh, how to be an advantage player in the past. Um, I just found it's it's easier for me. I play basic strategy, so I try to stick you know to that. Um, I still occasionally will make a mistake with like an a seven against something. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then I'll, I'll, you know, go back to my room or go off to the side and kind of pull up a strategy card. I'm like, man, I actually did play that right. And you know, it still didn't work or man, I played that wrong and I, I knew I was playing it wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the nice thing 
uh, I'm trying to remember how many tables they had in there. They had uh, one, two, three double deck tables, I think, and then two or three shoe tables. Um, and then they had obviously uh, roulette and some baccarat tables. Um, occasionally, I found myself playing baccarat more this trip than I have in the past, but uh, especially the one night when I, I walked back, it was raining. I didn't want to walk back across the park. And I went down into the, the high limit at MGM. All right, a, a little behind-the-scenes note. Uh, Gator Gambler and I had a, a, a brief bit of uh, technical difficulty, so we're going to rejoin the interview now. If it seems just a little disjointed right here, I apologize. This is a work in progress. We're learning as we go. About me seeing everything, we, my friends generally will sit down and play at any table that's open. And I won't. And a lot of the tables now everywhere were six to five blackjack, um, automatic shuffling machines. Yeah, that's an MGM thing. And one casino we were at, they had, um, you could not take even money on blackjack. I forget what casino it was. This is the first time I've ever seen it in my life. Got it. I know why. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the thing that when blackjack pays three to two, yeah. And insurance pays two to one. Yeah. Then even money works out correctly, mathematically. If you sit and break okay. down all the math, you're 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 gonna get the same money on even money either way. You're gonna get you're gonna get your bet basically instead right. of the increased bet. But when it pays six to five, then the math doesn't work and you have to actually put the insurance bet out in chips. Oh, that makes sense. In order to make the math work, but it always, it always catches people. It always trips me up when occasionally I don't uh, pay enough attention. I end up at a six to five table and I say even money and I, they say no. And I go, Oh, I sat down at the wrong table. So, yeah. <laughs> I just don't play. I, and I've never seen it on one of the signs uh that you know goes the rules with the minimums and maximums so obviously i don't sit at enough six to five tables to to pay attention to that well you know you know i think that's the right way to do it i avoid six to five i i avoid automatic shuffle or a continuous shuffle i don't care about automatic shuffling right and that's what i meant continuous shuffling yeah but yeah no i avoid continuous shuffle the thing i see particularly at mgm and that's where i see those the most in las vegas is mgm properties the thing i see and i see it a lot at bellagio is i don't hate continuous shuffle as long as the cards come off the table and go back into the shuffler i mean at least we're just dealing with continuous basic strategy Right. It's, I noticed, and as I said, I'm not picking on Bellagio, it's just where I tend to notice it, is that they'll rake the cards after a hand, put them in the bin, put them in the discard bin. Do that again. Do that again. Do that again. Then when I got about a deck and a half in the and discard bin. And then they put bin, them back. Yep. Right. Well, it, now, we're, now we're really skewing the game from right. my point of view. The house is deciding, and I'm not going conspiracy. I'm not saying that they watch and if it's more high value cards they wait longer i'm not you know going all tinfoil hat but 
I just I'm like you. I I prefer a more traditional game, and I'm willing to pay a little more to to get a little more traditional game. Um, and you you know I just despise six to five just <laughs> in principle. Uh, yeah, just, I really do. So big crowds. Were you there weekend or midweek? Uh, so we got there on a Wednesday morning and we stayed through our flight was a red eye out on Saturday. So we got to see both. Okay. Um, and I, I'd say the first day and a half we were there and the crowds weren't that bad. And then you could tell that uh, the crowds were back because on, I think it was Thursday night, we were walking back uh, from I think we were walking back from Park MGM and the uh, Hakkasan nightclub at MGM. The line uh, to get in was just crazy. So the crowds are definitely back. Um, they also had a, a sold out concert that was there three of the nights that we were there. Um, so there's a lot going on at the MGM property, uh, which is, you know, good and bad. Um, right. But it definitely allowed them to hike up the uh, minimums in the high limit. Uh, like I said, on a Wednesday morning, the minimum was 300. And then I think Thursday night when I checked, I think the minimums were 500. So wow. that's what, yeah, that's what led me to sit down at the uh, Baccarat table on the high <laughs> limit because it was a hundred, it was a hundred bucks a hand. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. That- that's a little more, a little more easy to deal with. Uh, don't have to go try to pull a whole bunch of money out of the ATM to uh, to have enough to play. That's for sure. Right. Well, I wondered because I'm getting uh, a friend of mine is, uh, unbeknownst to him, having a uh, surprise 50th birthday party in Las Vegas, uh, the beginning of October, and uh, I'm I'm going out to be part of the surprise, and so I'm kind of wondering we'll be there, um, a Thursday through a Monday. And so figure, I figure we'll see busy crowds, busy crowds, big crowds, big crowds. So that doesn't completely surprise me. So um, do do you want to share how you did? Yeah, actually, uh, I I doubled. So I left positive for the trip. Um, uh, I know you like to refer to it as a day's pay. I'd probably say that uh, I made about a week's pay. Excellent. So, Excellent. Yeah, it was it was a nice trip. Hey, anytime, anytime you can go on vacation for less than a week and walk away with more than you would have made in a week, that's that's pretty excellent. That that's yeah. uh, that that's a success. There's a lot of people that don't manage to navigate Vegas and 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 do that. And you said you uh, you usually got comped on on food did your rooms get comped or not because mgm isn't your normal brand so here's generally the way that i work the whole room comp situation so i have my host at sahara and i get you know mailed offers um my one buddy he goes with another group that generally stays at planet hollywood so the last time i was out there i kind of got introduced to his host and generally I try to, I try to make sure my rooms are comped ahead of time. Um, and then anything additional, you know, we put on the room and see if they can take care of it after the fact. Right. Um, I also get, you know, a lot of, and I, 
here's the thing. I don't go out. Well, I haven't since COVID. Pre-COVID, I was planning my trips around like blackjack tournaments and baccarat tournaments. And I would go out, I think in 2019, I think it was the most. And I live in South Florida, so it's quite a hike for me. But I think in 2019, I went out like six or seven times and I would plan my trips around the tournaments. Um, sometimes it's just myself, which I don't like going by myself, but it's usually me and at least one other guy. Um, and then sometimes like this trip, it was it started off as a group of 12 and then it ended up down to only six of us went. So what I like to do is I like to make sure, sure the rooms are taken care of in advance, um, which I was introduced to a new host through MGM. And he basically, based on what I told him and based on, you know, what he was able to look up, um, he actually said, Hey, I'm going to take a chance on you. I'm going to give you three or four rooms. Uh, you don't have to worry about them. Those will be taken care of. Um, and I was able to basically, you know, take care of all my buddies, which I normally won't do. But in this case, we were going out for there were a few of our birthdays that were in September. So usually What's I up? say, hey, guys, I'm staying here. If you want to stay here, you, I'll get you. I'll try to get you a casino. Right. Otherwise, you can stay anywhere and then we'll meet up. But it actually worked out where, uh, you know, mostly I think we paid for food like t- t- uh, once or twice. Oh, that's a perfect trip. Then. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's an excellent yeah. trip. Yeah. Uh, love hearing those. Love hearing those. Too often that's not the way I hear that story yet. So a little, uh, little bit change of topic here. Um, and mostly because I'm just always curious. Since I do no advertising, right? I have no marketing budget. It's not like I'm running radio commercials in key, in key markets trying to get. How, how does someone find the Casino Combat podcast? Uh, so I found it, I was actually, uh, just searching Spotify, uh, for, you know, topics of interest to me. And I kind of came across it that way. Um, yeah, I personally, I've tried so many different like money management strategies and I, I think I was looking for like, a. I think I was typing in like blackjack strategy or something and it came up that way. Got it. Um, and I had stumbled across it and I told all my buddies and I don't know if any of them listened, but I knew we were taking a trip soon. And some of the concepts, I was like, man, this is some good stuff. And uh, oh, yeah, um, you know, I've always tried the progressive side of the betting strategies unsuccessfully um, because I'm, I'm one of those guys where I find myself firing more when I'm losing. <laughs> <laughs> um in an attempt to claw back to, you know, and that's, that's come to bite me so many times. Like, you know, I'll be like, Oh, I, I need to, to get back to even for the this session or the day and I'll be 300 bucks away and I'll just lose everything else that I was using to try to get back to even. Um, but I think a lot of the times I've been finding myself where we get there and if I get there late at night, I generally don't gamble. I'll eat something, I'll go to bed, and then I'll start gambling the next morning. Um, and, and that probably helps your comps, obviously, I think. But it, I'm, I don't always have the discipline you did. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't always have the discipline either. Um, 
but I have a, you know, one of my friends that goes with me, he is usually in bed early. So he's like, come on, just go, you know, go get some sleep and we'll, we'll gamble in the morning. And uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But the last few trips, I find myself winning on the first day. Um, and then, you know, having to be disciplined the next three or four days. So um, just, you know, listening to your podcast and going over some of the material uh, kind of definitely helped. I still, I'm still trying to figure out the whole betting strategy and money management thing. You know, I'm, I'm still, I wouldn't say I'm, I've perfected that, uh, to, to, you know, at all. Um, but but um, it's definitely a work in progress. <laughs> Well, I know what you mean. I've I've always uh, I can never decide what I like better: winning early and then trying to keep an appropriate amount of it, or taking my losses early and then and then winning at the end. Um, right. And obviously, it's gone it's gone both uh, both ways. The worst for me, just me personally, the worst is when I take a solo overnight trip, and I, you know I get there mid afternoon. And I go on a tear until dinner time. And then you're like, well, do I just go get something to eat and then just shut it down and just turn around and go home tomorrow? Because I'm obviously not going to leave now. I've had a couple <laughs> cocktails. It's a couple hour drive. But at the same time, do I, you know, do I just go up and hit a pay-per-view movie or, or do something like that? Or do I risk? And I try to, a lot of times that's when I'll, on, a, on an overnight like that, that's when I'll lock most of the cash in the room to to make sure I have a profit. And then if I just find low stakes tables with reasonable rules, then I'll play at a lower level to to continue to spend the evening. Or most recently, if they have low level craps, then I'll take what I'm willing to lose out of my winnings and then work the comp side of things and hit the craps tables. But I know that feeling. Yeah. I know that feeling of winning too much too soon. And then what do I do with the rest of the trip? And how do I not screw this up? Right. I mean, I was fortunate this time. I think in the first two and a half days, I think the longest that I actually sat at a table for was like maybe an hour. Um, the first, I think the first session where I like tripled my buy-in was 40 minutes. And then the next couple sessions were anywhere from like 10 minutes to an hour where I was, you know, I'm, I'm playing at a double deck table by myself. So it's going a little faster than normal. Right. But, um, you know, it was just crazy. You know, I, I was up, I was up several thousand dollars in like the first day. And then the next day I was up another several thousand dollars. So it was matter for me, like, I had a goal in mind of what I wanted to come home with. And then at one point I was like, maybe I can raise my goal. And then I went on a nice downturn one night and I said, all right, I I ended up coming out on top by like 300 bucks. So I I basically had a huge downswing, huge upswing, ended up up for the, the day. And I said, all right, I'm going to take it easy for the next day and a half. And, uh, I was able to kind of join my friends and everything that they were doing. So it was nice. Yeah. That sounds like a great trip. It, it really yeah. does. That's excellent. Yeah. Okay. So um, anything I, since this is the first interview I've ever done, right. I, I, I don't really know how to do a podcast interview. Um, 
any questions I should have asked that you'd like to answer anyway? Um, that's a good question. I, I don't know, to be honest, because I've never been interviewed for a podcast. So, <laughs> all right, well, then um, let's let's leave it at that. I think I think this has been a lot of fun. Um, please, please consider this a, a standard standing invitation. Anytime you think you'd like to do this again, um, you know, shoot me an email or shoot me a text and uh, you, you're welcome to to join us anytime in the Casino Combat Virtual VIP Lounge and tell us about your experience and adventures. I, I think this has been a lot of fun and I'm, I'm looking forward to, to getting this in the next episode and hearing the feedback from everybody. Awesome. Well, I've definitely appreciated it. There you go. A big thank you again to G Squared for taking the time to tell us about his trip. If you have gambling stories to share and would like to be my guest in the Virtual VIP Lounge, send me an email via trg at casinocombat.com, always spelling combat with a K, and we will try to make that happen. If you have feedback on this segment, good or bad, I'd be thrilled to get those emails as well. If you're playing the casino chip game, there are eight the hard way in this episode. Please tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. If you have a host, tip your host, but don't tip away your wins. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening.